it again. How oh, I hate to be late. It hurts my motor to go so slow. Damn, this traffic jam. Time I get home, my supper be cold. Damn, this traffic jam. Welcome to Lacrosse Talk PM. I'm Ken Cooper in the studio this afternoon. It's uh, a Thursday edition. That's why I'm here. How is the traffic doing out there? If you know, you can let us know. It's better than tomorrow. Uh, I was good. Yeah, the traffic tomorrow. We'll talk more about the uh, state track and field tournament that is coming to lacrosse, as it uh, always does, later on in the hour. But one of the great things about hosting Lacrosse Talk PM, other than the chance that it's a you know great opportunity to hear your thoughts and interact and chat and uh, such things, but also it uh, it I don't get a chance to leave the building during rush hour, so I don't have to deal with all of those headaches because man, it has been bad lately. I, and I don't know how often it can be that bad before you have to stop saying it's unusually bad, but it just it always seems unusually bad lately. So, got to say thank you to Rick for coming in today. If you noticed yesterday, he sounded a lot like Mike Hayes. Uh, you were sick yesterday, and you're sick today? Yeah, I've been sick for a while. Um, is this oh, anything no. I need to be worried about? Because we oh. are about three and a half feet apart, so, and there's no window between us. A cough in my, my elbow. Yes, please cough in your elbow. It's not some sort of a... It's not like an STD or something that I need to worry about, is it? I don't know. Just a cough? Is that well, what it is? I, I mean, I don't go to doctors. So. <laughs> well, now that is a topic for Lacrosse Talk PM. Are you serious? Well, I mean, I got a cold, right? Like, I'm just going to, like, what's the doctor? When is the last time you were to the doctor? Uh, I had elbow surgery. So, because my elbow kept making my arm numb. So that was like four or five years ago. Okay. Now you're you're an athlete, right? You play volleyball and things like that. Yeah, you could say that. And you don't go on a, you know, you don't get bumps and bruises and pains and things like that. Um, yeah, but I just ask my friend that's a sports therapist what's wrong with me, and then she tells me what to do, and then I just go to the Y and work on those things. Huh. So. Well, not all. I mean, I've had Achilles tendonitis, which is gone now, but for like two years I had like Achilles tendonitis. And and finally, she's like, you just need to do it. And then I started doing all the I'm like, oh, now it's gone. Imagine that. Like, Wow. So. This friend of yours is very nice to give out that. Does she charge you in any way? Or? Well, I, you know, like I'll buy her some treats and stuff every once in a while, like a gift card. To all right. Quick trip or something, you know. Can I just make one suggestion? I don't want to tell you how to live your life. I know you're a grown adult. Uh, go to the doctor once in a while. Just... I mean, for what? Well, you might want to just go. I mean, I did for the elbow. You might want to go to get a baseline, so that you can say, okay, this is where my unhealthy line of life is, and if I fall below this line, then I'm going to have to be careful. No, you don't want to do I don't that. Believe that. All right. What, what, are the, what is the doctor going to tell you? To take better like care of your yourself. your cholesterol's higher. Well, something I like have that? all kinds of problems. I have heart issues. I have. Uh, uh, the diabetes issues, and I have all the diabetes, my, the diabetes issues, and uh, things like that. So, my doctor and I are on a, we have a very close relationship. So. See, but if you never went to the doctor, you wouldn't know you had these, and then you wouldn't have them. Right. You wouldn't have the diabetes <laughs> issue if you didn't know it. You know what? I think we're just going to change the subject. <laughs> we're going to talk about, uh, I've got a wonderful interview. going to be talking with uh, Grant Golson uh, from the Lacrosse Community Theater. And we're going to talk about a program that they have there called the Penguin Project. 
And it's really cool. It's bringing kids of all abilities uh, up onto the stage and giving them a chance to shine. And it's a national project. And we're going to throw out a, a name that you will probably remember if you have been uh, into the lacrosse community theater over the years. So we're going to talk with Grant about that. Uh, when we open the phone lines, uh, we better talk about Robert Mueller. We better talk about some of that stuff. We better talk about whether, uh, well, just what you think about that. Because I was sort of dumbfounded by everything that he had to say, only in that it seemed so different than what we had been told it would he would have to say. But anyway, we'll talk about that when we open the phone lines. We're going to talk a little bit about the uh, state uh, high school track and field tournament coming to lacrosse. I, I saw a bunch of cars with the paints in the windows, so the kids are in town already, and I think they get underway tomorrow morning. So. When I was covering uh, state sports, like high school sports in Winona, like every day, that was my main job. Every day I was covering. One time, the softball team got a hold of my car, and that's what my car looked like. They painted it <laughs> powder blue. All right, we will talk about that, but we'll talk about Lacrosse Community Theater's uh, Penguin Project coming up as Lacrosse Talk PM rolls on at WIZM News Talk 1410 AM, 92.3 FM. Never had a chance to see that, but I have been to the Lacrosse Community Theater on a number of occasions, and it's always a treat to uh, be a part of the performances at the Lacrosse Community Theater. And earlier today, I had a chance to talk with Grant Golson, and he is the producing artistic director of the Lacrosse Community Theater. And we talked a little bit about uh, the path, his path to bring in here to town, and also about a, a great project that they have called the Penguin Project. So uh, let's kick things off. Just say thanks for talking with us, Grant. Thanks so much, Ken. I appreciate it. I want to talk a lot about this Penguin Project that the theater has yeah. this year. But first, I guess I want to get a little bit more of an overview you're not from here, no, right? Not originally. Tell us, about, how did you get here? Well, I, uh, I'm actually from Kansas City area and um, decided a couple of years ago that I, I, was, I was looking for that dream theater job. Uh, so I actually traveled all over the country, interviewed in several different cities, uh, then, then got the invite to come to Lacrosse, and, um, well, pretty quickly fell in love with the area, absolutely fell in love with that beautiful Weber, Weber Center for the Performing Arts. And, uh, you know, but it was really the volunteers, the uh, the board members who I spent a couple of days with interviewing and chatting mm -hmm. with, that uh, I just realized how kind and gracious people were up here. And I thought, if there is a community that is willing to build a building like the Weber Center to house a community theater, there must be a great appreciation for the arts up here. And so that led me to, to decide to take the job. This is a very easy area to fall in love with. Oh, it's gorgeous. That's for sure. You know, and you mentioned the theater itself, and I think it's good for us to be reminded, especially those of us who are from here or have been here for a long time, you've been around, I mean that in the nicest possible way, 
But it is a unique theater, isn't it? For a community theater. Oh my goodness! You know, and I and I grew up in community theater, so I performed in you know church basements, high school auditoriums, um, outside in a parking lot on a makeshift <laughs> stage. So uh, it, it truly is a, a unique, unique thing that uh, the Lacrosse Community Theater gets to perform in a in a multi-million dollar state-of-the-art facility like the Weber Center. What are some of the things that make it uh, unique? And I know that I, I do know that there have been productions that we've been able to put on only because. Of of that building. Sure, sure. Uh, you know, I, I think I think that when when people ask me that question, I think the first thing that comes to mind is, you know, there is a stigma sometimes around the word community as it relates to theater. Uh, people think that that means that it's less than, and it, and it is. It's volunteer driven. However. I would make the argument that Lacrosse Community Theater is community only in name. Um, the quality of the productions that we're able to produce, from the costumes to the sets to the actors that we have volunteer for us to the pit musicians who play the, the musicals for us, we are certainly a cut above the rest, and it is, um, it, is, it is a very special organization. On top of that, we try to offer as much as we possibly can um, to make it even a more enriching experience with, uh, with education programming um, and outreach into the community, collaborations with various organizations around town. So we try to keep ourselves as busy as possible with a, with a staff of six or seven people. It really does, no matter what the technology, no matter what the architecture, it really does come down to the people. Absolutely. Because you can have the, the highest tech most beautiful building, but if you don't have the people that love it to, to, to work it and to appreciate it, it's not worth anything. Right, and I, we are so grateful for our volunteers because those are the folks that come in and sacrifice hundreds of hours per production. Uh, they give up their evenings, their weekends with their loved ones, and, and it's because they love to, to be there to support us. We could not do it without them. I, I'm guessing they would not use words like sacrifice and giving up. I'm guessing they invest and they don't feel like they're giving up anything. I hope not. You know, we try to really um, flush out a well-rounded experience for them. We want them to come back. We want them to come in and say, boy, yes, there were times where that was challenging. There were times that when that was stressful, but it was also incredibly satisfying, and I can't wait to do it again. Uh, there, there is, you know, you, you mentioned the word community. Uh, there is an important element, I think, to that word as far as the theater is concerned. But there, there is a lot more to what the lacrosse community theater does than just put on some plays every now and then. I mean, you really are a part of the community. My daughter, a uh, couple of the biggest thrills of my life have been seeing her on stage. She's taken some of the summer classes and yeah. things like that. Yeah. And uh, you do so much more than just put on plays. Right. So we offer uh, you know, youth classes um, all year long. We usually offer three sessions, winter, spring, and fall. Uh, and then, of course, in the summer, we offer a, a variety of summer camps for various age kids from about, oh, age five all the way up to high school seniors, so, you know, that 18, 18 uh, age range. Um, and we try to get them to come in and not just have fun and play theater games, but teach them what it is to be in a show, to be in a musical, how to audition for it, um, how to present themselves on stage. So, uh, you know, we're working every day uh, to make that even better and, and better. And so one of the things that uh, I think I realized when I started here is that I felt we could be doing even more. So now we're looking at ways that we can get adults involved. How can we have master classes for auditions? So let's say a play is coming up. I'm interested in being a show, but I've never done that before. Now I have to go in an audition for somebody. I mean, that, that can be a terrifying experience. So we're trying to find ways that we can offer opportunities to adults to come in and learn how to audition and then apply those skills to performing as well. The, uh, I would love to do something on stage. I think everybody who knows me knows that. And I've done improv. And right. to, to me, that uh, it's funny. When you talk to people who do a lot of scripted acting, 
the thought of doing improv frightens them. And when you talk to people who do improv, the thought of having to memorize all of that, all those words is like, no, I don't want to do that. But that fear uh, really, it, it, I, I don't want it to stop everyone like it has stopped me in some ways. Right, and I think that, uh, you know, here's what's really important to me. Uh, I was an actor for, well, my whole life I've been acting, but I was a professional actor for about ten years. And nothing bothered me more than to walk into an audition room where the person behind the table either wasn't paying attention to you, wasn't kind, couldn't even offer you a smile as you walked into the room and said hello. So something that is incredibly important to me and something that I also instill in my guest directors is kindness, a safe environment for that audition. Look, we understand that a lot of the kids and adults coming into that room have never done anything like that before. And it can be intimidating and scary, so we try to offer them big smiles, encouragement, pump them up, give them the time they need to prepare whatever we're asking them to sing or perform. And um, we really just try to infuse a culture of, of positivity in that audition room, try to take away some of that fear. Do you remember... Your first acting experience? Oh, absolutely. What, what was it? How old were you? I was uh, in fifth grade, and uh, <laughs> my uh, elementary school did a um, play version of the, of the ballet, The Nutcracker. And uh, <laughs> I, uh, I... Did you write, new wor- write words for it? We or? didn't. It was, a, it was okay. a little script that had been written for children, okay. probably a half-hour show. Um, and so the fifth and sixth graders got to be, you know, the, kind of the roles in the, in the play. And then the, the younger children in the elementary school sang as angels off, okay. kind of off to the side of the stage. And so I played the title role of the Nutcracker in that production. Whoa, so you started out as the star. Right, and wow. so uh, I kind of kept that trend going. I never I never really wanted to do anything but be uh, be the lead, so that was, you know, that's... <laughs> well, that was sort well. of my, you know, actor hang-up. <laughs> so when was, your, uh, when was your dose of reality? <laughs> when you didn't get the lead, right, you didn't get a part. Right, right. Um, you know, it happened all the time. I mean, frankly, you know, you go to you try to go to four or five auditions a week, and you're lucky if you if you maybe get you know four or five jobs a year acting. Uh, it, it's that difficult. It's that competitive. So there was a healthy dose of reality almost every day, kind of a smack in the face. But I'll tell you what, when you did get that role, when you got that phone call, and that producer said it's you. Uh, we're going to pay you to do it. Um, boy, there was no other feeling like that in my life. What, what do you think you've learned the most from um, that, the process of auditioning or just trying and putting? You're, you're putting yourself out there. Sure, sure. Uh, you know, I, I think it's probably the most important thing is the camaraderie, I would say, of theater. I mean, sure. Is there an ego there? Do I want to be the lead? Sure, I do. But... I'm only as good as the person next to me and the person next to them. So I can be a fantastic Curly in Oklahoma, but if the ensemble is not working as hard, if we're not all you know, on the same path working towards the same goal, the show suffers. So there is a real camaraderie that gets built there, and that's why a lot of the times if you come to the closing performance of a show, the actors come out and they're in tears and they are just beside themselves because it's, it's saying goodbye to a family that you've spent a good 10 or 11 weeks with. Um, that's, that's something that's always been very important to me in the world of theater. Well, and, that, and that does make me think that um, uh, what, what is an actor without an audience? Right. I mean, we as the audience are, are important, too, I think. Sure, of course you are. Um, yeah, because, I mean, no one wants to stand up there and, and perform for nobody. Uh, we feed off your energy, and um, we are so appreciative that you're out there, you know, spending your time and your money to come and see what we're trying to, what we're trying to do up there. Um, 
I love our audiences, and I absolutely love it when there are certain moments where I can kind of take off my producer's hat, maybe show up to the theater dressed a little bit more casually, no one kind of suspects me, and I just stand out there and listen to folks as they're leaving the theater. And when they, you know, when they leave and they're joyous and they're smiling and they're raving about what a great time they had, boy, that's an incredible feeling. Always, uh, it, it, it must be very satisfying when you perform in front of an audience and they get it. Right. Right. There's nothing better than that. We've had a couple of shows this season that have certainly done just that. Um, you know, and, and, I've, and I've done what I said. I've, I've kind of snuck out there and, and just listened when they didn't maybe know I was there, didn't know who I was. Um, yeah, I mean, when they just get it, when they, when they go home and they're raving to their friends and family and they're posting on Facebook about what an experience they had, boy, that is just about the most satisfying thing as an actor you can experience. And like we said, um, so much more to the community, lacrosse community theater than just putting those plays on, although that's a wonderful thing. Um, one of the programs that I really wanted to talk about is your Penguin Project. Yeah. That just sounded, uh, I heard about it a couple of weeks ago from you, and it just sounds like such a wonderful program. I am just so incredibly excited about it. Um, I got a call from a former um, <clears throat> excuse me, executive director of Lacrosse Community Theater, a gentleman by the name of Maury Enders. And Maury, we all remember oh, Maury. I'm sure you do. And Maury now works in Lincoln at the Lincoln Playhouse and has been there for several years now. He got on board with a national program called the Penguin Project. Um, in 2019, Lacrosse Community Theater will become the 29th replication site of the Penguin Project across 16 states in the country. The Penguin Project is uh, essentially a program that offers the opportunity to children with disabilities to play all of the roles in a Broadway musical. So, for instance, this year in October, October 11th, 12th, and 13th, we are going to produce what's known as Annie Jr., which is a 60-minute version of the popular musical Annie. Um, obviously, the scenes are cut down very short. All of the music that we know and love is there. Oh, um, cool. We will be having two informational meetings on June 3rd and June 11th for anyone who might be interested in the Penguin Project to come out and learn more, and that will happen at the Weber Center for the Performing Arts. But what's really unique about the program is that on top of these wonderful, talented artists who are going to take the stage in all the roles, they are joined by a mentor. And each artist, a disabled child, we call them the artists, is joined by another penguin called the mentor. And the mentor is there every step of the way, partnered with another actor. Um, this is somebody with acting experience? Well, not necessarily. Okay. This is just usually, this is a child without special needs. Okay, of the same age. Right, of okay. comparable age. We try to partner them up based on, you know, age and ability and all that. And they will partner with one another and work side by side together through the entire process and even through performances. So, for instance, if there was a young lady playing Annie, she was, she was given the role of Annie, uh, and I was her mentor. I'm also, you know, kind of playing Annie. I learn the choreography. I learn the music. I learn the acting. But I'm not in the spotlight. The artist is in the spotlight. This is about giving those children with disabilities a chance to shine. The mentor steps back, is there for any sort of physical or emotional support, or maybe even to step on in, in the case that maybe an actor or actress had to leave the stage. In fact, there's a really interesting story about uh, that Maury told me where he was doing High School Musical Junior. And um, the, the lead boy um, needed to leave stage for one reason or another. The mentor helped the boy off stage, resumed his role for a couple of minutes, and when the boy was ready, he came back on the stage and took back over. And it was just this wonder, mm. and you just saw that relationship that, that is so important right there at work. Um, and as I think many of us know, 
theater offers so many opportunities outside of just getting up and performing in terms of social interaction, working with others, collaboration, public speaking skills. So we're infusing a lot of wonderful things into this, into this process of, of what's going to be known as the Penguin Project. So I'm very excited. Is there uh, still time to get involved in Absolutely. That? So like I said, June 3rd at 5 p.m. at the Weber Center, we'll have our first informational meeting. Then June 11th, that's a, that's a week and a day later, so June 3rd and Monday. June 11th is a Tuesday at 7 p.m. What's very exciting about the second informational meeting is Dr. Andy Morgan, uh, the doctor and uh, self-proclaimed theater man, is actually going to be in town uh, from Peora, Illinois, to host that meeting and to, to, um, to discuss all, everything about the Penguin Project. So if you're interested, please join us on June 3rd, June 11th. That invite goes out to children with disabilities, children without disabilities, all of your parents. Please come and learn about this exciting opportunity. Then in late June, We'll start the rehearsal process, and we'll get going. All right. And I'm sure all that information is accessible on the website. Absolutely. LacrosseCommunityTheater.org. Check it out for for more information, or give us a call. uh, One more quick story just to show uh, how wonderful theater is. Um, My daughter, Sydney, and I, she's nine, we have been watching musicals together for quite a long time. I did that with my mom uh, when we went to see the movie, uh, Singing in the Rain. It sort of changed my life. It's just amazing to see that. But uh, we've watched Grease is currently her favorite musical, and they just watched uh, at school. They watched The Music Man. Yeah. yeah. And and so she's talking to me about the plot and what it means and what they're really talking. You know, and uh, learning that through a a play and a movie that you might just think is just a bunch of people dancing around and singing, but they get it. They, they get, get the it. message. I mean, my four-year-old uh, won't sit through ten minutes of a live-action, you know, cartoons all day, mm-hmm. but you try and put on a live-action show or movie, she's not having it, but she'll sit through a two-and-a-half-hour West Side Story. She just, <laughs> she just gets it. She just gets it. There's something universal about it. That's awesome. Uh, find out more about the Penguin Project and become a part of it. Uh, the website, one more time? LacrosseCommunityTheater.org. All right. Theater with an R-E. All right. Grant Olson, the producing creative director. You're so close. Producing artistic director. Oh, darn it. You'll get it next time. I'll get it next time. Thanks for coming in, Grant. Thanks so much, Ken. That was awesome. I love it. Yep. This is Lacrosse Talk PM, Thursday edition. I'm Ken Cooper with Rick in the studio. It's WIZM News Talk, 1410 AM and 92.3 FM. Um, I got a text from a coworker of ours as I was chatting with Grant from the Lacrosse Community Theater about their Penguin Project. Uh, Kristen, who works at the front desk for us, Rick, mm-hmm. uh, she just uh, sent me a text saying, Penguins are cuddly. So I'm not sure she was paying attention to the interview, but at least we know that about Krista now. She thinks penguins are, are cuddly. So I don't believe it. You'll have to check with her tomorrow when she comes in to work her day at the front desk here. What is the time, uh, Rick? It is about 7.05. Uh, it's about 5.44, 16 minutes away from uh, 6 o'clock. And we've got some time on the phone lines if you want to. Get in on the conversation. We can talk about penguins if you want. We can talk about um, Robert Mueller if you want to. We can talk about the state track and field uh, uh, meet that is coming up. And the city is getting very, very, very crowded already. And we can talk about that. If you are somebody that is going to be working in the food service industry in La Crosse over the weekend, especially I would say like the fast food 
uh, food service, why not give us a call and you can <laughs> you can prevent all of the uh, stress that you're going to be feeling over the weekend. Seven eight five seven nine one four is the number to call to be a part of it. Seven eight five seven nine one four and. I'm going, to, I'm going to give it to the president on this one. The, the trip to Japan, when things wrapped up the other day, and I found this hard to believe, and uh, they covered up. the So the USS John McCain was docked when he went to visit some, some sailors in Japan, yep. some American sailors in Japan. He did not go on to that ship. But it was there in the harbor, and somebody decided that it would be a good idea or the, or the smart idea to cover up, to take a tarp and cover up the name USS John McCain. Um, the president, now that he's back, he has said that he did not order that. It was not his idea. And I'll give him that one, actually. I, I can't imagine anybody would... The defense secretary also distancing, distancing himself from that. You didn't do it either? I'm really curious about who decided that would be a good idea. Do you think it was a good idea? 785-7914. We all know about the the feud that the two of them had, and the president has continued uh, after the passing of John McCain, but uh, wow. I think maybe Trump ordered it just... Not because he was bothered by it, just so that today he could say he didn't order, he didn't it, order it, so that we would talk about it on the Crosstalk PM. That's what he's doing. So we wouldn't talk about the Mueller reports, we would talk about the USS John McCain. He's doing our marketing for us these days. He is doing our marketing for us. He's always doing our marketing for us. So, if you want to let us know what you think, have you... Uh, ever had a chance to meet the president? I can't just imagine the, the sailors on board those ships uh, thinking about that. Uh, this is the commander-in-chief. This is the uh, ultimate authority uh, for what you do and to have that person come and meet you. I, I, don't, know, I don't know how a president acts when that I mean, happens. Obama was at UWL. I was, I, w- I was there with my camera taking pictures. That was pretty cool. Yeah. I got up on Did that. they cover anything up? Uh, no, they left everything up, I think. I remember several years ago, I think this was during the George W. Bush administration, and was it the head of the FBI? Uh, a very conservative gentleman was speaking from the Capitol, I think, and there are some statues there that, uh, well, they're nude. They're like uh, classic Roman statues, like Venus. Yeah. And they covered those up wow. so that uh, we would not see nude bodies carved out of marble uh, behind him when he was giving a speech. So, kind of a different thing than than covering up the name of a person uh, who has been a, definitely a contributor to America uh, when the president walked by. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just go ahead and assume the president did not order that. I'm just I'm just maybe I'm naive, but I'm just going to hope that he did not order that. But somebody somewhere somebody ordered it. Did but why did they order it? Do you think they ordered it to to do exactly this to be a distraction? Because it's a very easy distraction. It's very easy to talk about this. Or did they do that because they thought it would trigger Donald Trump because he would be out over in the that day would later. be my guess. Somebody thought, uh oh, 
He's going to say something, and we don't want to have that happen. It sure. might have been it might have been a m- member of the White House staff. I mean, we're speculating. Somebody asked the question on the talk and text line: uh, Who is the captain of the ship? And uh, that we don't know. I don't know who the captain of the ship was. It it might have been somebody from the White House who said to themselves, "Let's cover up the John McCain thing, so the president doesn't say anything about John McCain." We're trying to do something happy and positive here. Um, it worked at the time, I guess. I don't know if that makes it a good idea or not, but it worked. I mean, we always we want to talk about like getting mad at journalists and fake news and stuff, but if we didn't have journalism, like that, that, that would just go beyond. We wouldn't know anything about it because that's kind of interesting in a way. Like, really? that Somebody, somebody thought, like, that's an interesting thing. But, like, I, I mean, we need somebody to report that, and the Wall Street Journal was the first to report that. Yeah, somebody on the talk and text line, uh, they had the same thought that I did uh, or the same memory that I did uh, going back to, uh, mission accomplished. Think about the terrible press that was received when George Bush, uh, George W. Bush, had mission accomplished behind him on that battleship. Everybody wants to complain, and nobody seems to be kind or understanding. Uh, I'm not okay. I don't I'm, don't follow the second half of that text, but uh, I do remember that. And maybe maybe presidents should just make it a standard operating procedure to not hang banners of any kind on any ship that they go on, whether it's saying something silly or whether it's covering up something for a silly reason. They should just, uh, let's just make that a new law right now. All presidents, you don't hang tarps on any ship. What do you think? I think that makes a lot of sense. That could save a lot of embarrassment for future presidents. 785-7914. You can text us. Let us know what you think about that. You can also give us a call. I'd love to uh, have a conversation with you today. 785-7914. Uh, elsewhere in the news, the state track meet. I always want to call it a tournament. It's a meet, a state track meet. And field. Track state and track field. field. Meet is uh, getting underway. Former shot putter here, so. Really, I, I shot, uh, or I put the shot, yeah. one uh, in ninth grade. I did it very well. I had a lucky shot. that they, Somebody was sick, and I was on the track team, and so and I was kind of stocky uh, or husky. Uh, I was fat. <laughs> and the coach said, hey, we need someone to do the shot put. Can you do it? And I'm like, well, sure, I'll give it a, I'll yeah. give it a try. And so I did really well in ninth grade. Yeah. So then the next year, the coach is like, hey, Ken, you've got to do shot put again because you were so good last year. Yeah. But when I was a sophomore, I was competing against juniors and seniors. Right. And I was horrible. And you're horrible. Yeah. Awful. Well, you're two years behind them. Yeah, yeah. And the coach was smart enough to realize that I was actually very, very awful and that was not a good idea. But I did put the shot once. How did you do? How did you do that? Um, I got to regional finals. And I was not stocky. As a senior in high school, I was pretty slim, tall and slim. And yeah. uh, When did you get stocky? <laughs> today. today. But I remember getting into the regional final, so I threw like eight inches or a foot longer than I'd ever thrown before. Maybe it was like eight feet. It was something ridiculous, like way longer than i ever thrown before. And then I got into regional finals with all these like offensive linemen I knew from football days. 
they're like, what are you doing? And it was like this gang of fat guys. Like, oh, what are you doing in regional finals, Rick? Burn. And they all destroyed me. But it was like I was not like the others in that. In that. One of these things just doesn't belong. Did yeah, you learn definitely. that on, on Sesame Street? Yep. Um, I did have a I – was, I was, went into the uh, – yesterday I went into the, the subway that's right on the corner of La Crosse and West Avenue there, which is going to be sort of like the Oktoberfest grounds for the state track and field meet, uh, just right down in the center of things. It's going to be crazy down there. And I wasn't sure the other day if the track meet was this weekend or not, and I asked uh, the – a uh, very lovely, nice person making my sandwich. I said, "Is do you know, is the track meet coming up this weekend? And she just stopped and looked at me and said, yes. So they are prepared. They said, everybody, it is all hands on deck. And I, I talked with uh, some of the folks at the Quick Trip and some of the other businesses around in the area, and they're prepared. Uh, they're a little nervous. Yeah. And I think I would be, too. Oh, for sure. They're going to be dealing with that kind of a crush. It's like the owners of the business, they're like, yes, yes. And then the workers are like, no. Sorry I'm out of town, workers. But, uh, well, good luck to everybody who's going to be in the track meet, uh, the state track uh, and field meet. Did you ever make it to state? Right? No, no. I only went out for track the one year. And I wish I would have went out every year, but I only went out senior year. Mm. It's, <laughs> it's one of the best sports because it's just, I mean, you're 14 to 18 years old. And there's, it's you, you just hang out, you run an event, it takes two minutes or ten seconds if it's a hundred, and then you just hang out with your friends it's for five very hours. very optimistic of you to say ten seconds. Well, yeah. <laughs> it takes some people ten seconds. All right, we're going to come back, we're going to do a little business, come back and wrap things up here on the Crosstalk PM, WICM News Talk, 1410 AM, 92.3 FM. We are into the... Final moments of the Crosstalk PM for this Thursday. I like that one. Are you feeling young? Are you feeling wild? Are you feeling free? Send that one out to everybody competing this weekend at the state track and field meet here in La Crosse. By the way, we're going to be talking with uh, Jeremiah Burrish from Explore La Crosse tomorrow morning. I'll be sitting in for Mike Hayes on La Crosse Talk. And we'll be talking about him, or talking, <laughs> we might talk about Mike, I guess. But we'll be talking with uh, Jeremiah Burrish about the economic impact of the state high school uh, track and field meets uh, this weekend as well, among many other things. I just want to say um, good luck to all of the athletes. Good luck to everybody who is going to be working, especially, I think, in the uh, food industry and the convenience store industry over this weekend, it it can be a crazy one. It can be nuts, but it can also be a whole lot of fun. It's also one of the deals if you're driving around town. I know I said this during the news, but definitely be paying attention to where you're driving because kids are going to be warm up running all over town. Like not even near UWL, a lot near UWL, but some of the longer distance runners right. will be all over everywhere. So be 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 aware. Um, a quote that my coach, when I was in uh, track and field in high school, always said to us, if you're going to win any battle, you have to do one thing. You have to make your mind run your body. Never let your body tell your mind what to do. Your body will always give up. It's always tired in the morning, at noon, and at night, but the body is never tired if the mind is not tired. You got that from George Patton. I think that works in a lot of aspects of life as well. So 
Everybody, he, run fast. Yeah, he used to work out with the cross country coach at Winona, and he said he would tell his team one of the one of the ways to keep going: just smile when you're running out there. Just start smiling, just start laughing, because it it just changes your your body. It changes your outlook. So, coming from a guy who never won a single race in my four years of high school track, good luck. Uh, and congratulations in advance. Everybody. I want a fat man's really. That is going to wrap things up on the Crosstalk PM for Thursday night. WICM Lacrosse News Talk 1410 AM 923 FM. Wisdom News Time is six o'clock.